Well, good afternoon, everybody. Um, if you do not know who I am, I'm, I'm Steph, as Matt has said, um, but I'm also the associate vicar here at Telford Minster, um, and it's always a joy to be with you. Um, I'd like to say it's always a joy to speak to you, but for some reason I've been particularly nervous and bothered by this passage. And just as we were worshipping, I think it came home even more to me just how alike we are to the people that I mentioned in this passage, how alike we are to the Israelites. And I feel that as I speak on this, I think, oh, but that's me. I'm like these people. But we'll come on to that a bit more in a moment. But for some of you, I recognise that there's some new faces um, so I'm just going to give a summary of where we have been in Nehemiah. So God called a man named Nehemiah to, be re to rebuild the city of Jerusalem and start a church there. So he left the capital city of Susa where he worked for the king and in 52 days built the walls of Jerusalem which had laid in ruin for 141 years and finally had been rebuilt. Then we saw from last week's passage around 60,000 people, well, not last week's passage, two weeks ago, people move back into the city. And one of the first things that they do is have a worship service. When they got, when they got together, all of them stood as Ezra read the first books of the Bible and they worship God for about five to six hours from daybreak till noon. And during that time, their hearts began to soften and they experienced this incredible great joy because they'd never celebrated like this before. They'd begun to hunger for God's word and studied scripture for seven days straight. And through this study, God's people realized just how holy and good God is, but how sinful and bad they had been and their forefathers had been. And today's passage is occurring about two days after all of this, after they had finished their initial celebration, and it shows us how they respond after receiving the grace of God. So how did they respond? Well, in a really, really long prayer, just as Matt read out, it's a mammoth reading. In fact, it's the longest prayer in the Bible and one that teaches us many, many things but I think it teaches us about praise. And ultimately, this praise teaches us a better, more extraordinary way to live, a life full of God. So I ask you a question for you to ponder as you listen to what God has to say. How are you praising God? Have you ever praised God? Do you only praise God when you fancy it, when you've got time to do it, when you feel, oh, haven't praised God for a while, why don't I do it now? Or do you just do it on a Sunday? Are you a Sunday Christian who the rest of the week God doesn't exist for, but he does on a Sunday? Is the way that you live, the way that you are praising God, affect your life? Do people come to you and say, there's something different about you? Why do you choose the way that you live? And do you respond with, well, it's because of God? How are you praising God? How is praise in your life? But hold on to that thought. So when I uh, first read this scripture, actually with Matt earlier this week, I was immediately drawn to the fact 
that they sound a lot like us. And as I've just been worshipping again, that re-reminder that they feel a lot like us. Four times we see the people turn from God in this passage and do what they think is best. And when stuff gets really bad, they turn to God. Doesn't that sound like our world? People only want to know God when they're in absolute dire need. Sometimes we only want to know God when we're in absolute dire need. Sometimes we only choose to pray pray to God, worship God when we're struggling. When we're doing really well and life's really good, why would we want to speak to anyone else? Why would we want to pray something if things are going really well for us? We've got it all together. We are right. We're going on our path. We're doing, making our decisions because we know best. Oh, but whoops, something's gone wrong. Where do you go? People turn to God. The amount of people who the only time they want to speak to me about being a church leader is when something's going wrong. I'll literally have messages on Facebook of friends that I haven't spoken to since I've been about 10 at school saying, please pray. And it's an absolute joy to pray for them. And absolutely, of course, I will. I would never not. But my encouragement is you can pray too. Let me find a church for you. But we're so like that. We're so like these people that we just choose God when we want to. If you're a person that chooses God every day, hats off to you and you'll learn why that's a really good thing as I go through this talk. Or you'll learn about it now. (laughs) Because friends, when we fully live in God and for God, we will see fruit. But what this passage shows us is even when we've chosen to walk away from God, when we have chosen our own way, when we've chosen maybe other people's way, that's another thing that we're really good at doing is listening to our friends, our family, our peers, our social media. We chose that way. Even when we want to turn back to God, where is he? He's got his arms open. He's ready to receive you and forgive you and love you and have you back. You may do that a hundred times. You may do that a hundred times in an hour. But God's arms will be always be open. God still wants a relationship with you. He cares for you deeply. So whilst on my first read, I see people messing up, sinning over and over again and asking for forgiveness. On my second, I see the greatness of God and people praising him. These people came to God's word out of deep-seated spiritual need. Their hearts were broken because their lives were empty They'd not heard the word of God for a long time because they weren't, they weren't like us. They couldn't just, well, they couldn't pick up a Bible. They couldn't listen to an audio book. They had to wait for somebody to read it to them for the majority of people who couldn't read. So they, when they heard God, they were exposed to this wondrous word. And, but they also were exposed to what their forefathers had done wrong. The Israelites were crying over the guilt from falling and failing to live without any input from God. 
They were weeping, signifying the depth of their godly sorrow. In the midst of their walking around in sackcloth and ashes and weeping, they were told up, they were told to stand up and praise the Lord your God. As we look at their sorrow, we discover the elements of true praise. We also understand the very basis of worshipping and praising God. So I hope as we look at this now more in deeply, you will see how to praise God. You will see how it changes your life, how it's a good way to live when you praise God. So my first thing that I think is being said in this scripture is true praise recognises God's sovereignty. Meaning recognising that God is supreme, that he has all power and authority. There is no way true praise can be extended until we realise just who God is. Just who God is. If he wasn't all that, if you didn't think it was worthwhile, why would you bother? Why would you bother to talk about something unless you realise how great it was? I, uh, when I first discovered Park Run, cannot wait till it's back, I couldn't stop talking about how great it was. The fact that when I rocked up, this was when I, I lived on the Wirral in Birkenhead Park, all these lovely Scousers with that lovely Scouse accent, I'm sorry that you might disagree, but I think it's lovely, were just so welcoming, so lovely, and I'd go on and on and on and on about how much I loved it. How much, how much, how great I thought it was. Because I, I just, it just made me so, so happy. And then I realised, why was I not talking about God that way if I think he's got sovereignty over everything? Why is it I'm not running around telling my friends, telling all the people at Park Run about how great God is? These people stood up and praised the Lord. It says in Nehemiah 5 to 6, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all the starry hosts, the heaven and all that is on it, the seas and all of it that's in them. You give life to everything and the multitudes of heaven worship you. As they had listened to the book of the law, they would have heard in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They would have heard, let there be light, and there was light. They saw and heard through Genesis 1, a proclaiming of the sovereignty of Almighty God. What a comforting thought. What a comforting words to them and us. To realise that God has him in charge from the very, very beginning. Doesn't that make you excited? That God is in everything? Doesn't it make you excited? Come on, are you there? Yeah, thank you. It makes me so excited that every single day when I, I look at my flowers in my garden, when I think about where I've come from, that God is in all of it. Thank you. Nothing prepares us to read the word of God better than appreciation of just who God is and his power. 
if we approach God's word like we did this with a storybook, it probably isn't going to change our life. The self-help department in Bookstars is huge. Yet there's a huge mental health crisis. Self-help books might put a bandage on it. It might help you along the way. But God's word can heal the deep wound. I really believe that. If we choose to read and hear God's word and open up our Bibles, knowing the sovereignty of God, it's going to change your life. It's going to change so much about you that people are going to notice that you are different. So that's the first one. True, true praise is recognising the power of God. Next, true praise recognises God's plan for our lives. These people continue to study through God's, God's word and through Abraham's descendants. They recognise God as the one who called Abraham and made and kept his covenant with him. In other words, the people realised God had made a promise to one of their forefathers and kept it. And they saw how it had unfolded and impacted them. True praise doesn't stop with recognising the sovereignty of God's rule. It leads us to see how relevant God is to our lives. They saw God's sovereign power to relieve the suffering of the forefathers as he relieved the suffering of Abraham's descendants in Egypt. And God brought them out of Egypt through the miraculous powers of the, his very nature. And they understood that God was not over delivering their forefathers, but he was working on their behalf. Where would you be today if God had not called Abraham? There would be no Jewish nations, there would be no Jesus, there would be no cross, and there would be no hope. I'm sure that God would have chosen somebody else and there would have been another plan. But if that didn't happen, what would be the case? It leads me to think, where would I be if I hadn't decided one day, this is not a lie, why I decided and was jealous of the fact that my sister had sweeties, my youth group. That is the very reason I wanted to go to church and go to a youth group is because my sister came home with sweets and I wanted them. So I asked, could I go? If that hadn't happened to me, again, God probably would have moved in another direction and put people in front of me, kept doing that, kept putting people in my path. But I wouldn't be here. It might have been somewhere else. You probably wouldn't be here if you hadn't seen a social media post, you hadn't been told about us by a friend. You might not be here if you hadn't had a picture from God. Someone hadn't told you about Jesus. God has a plan for why you are here this very moment. God wanted you here. If it wasn't for God, you might not be sat before me now. Well, you wouldn't be sat before me now. And these people knew that they wouldn't be where they were if it wasn't for God. So we've got praise and sovereignty. We've got God's plan for our lives. And now we've got 
True praise also recognises God's sustaining power. God, in our scripture, it tells us about how, what happened a long time ago. Well, it wasn't that long ago, but a really long time ago for us. God was reorganised as the one who came down and gave the law at Mount Sinai and the one who had sustained them with manna in the wilderness. And manna was bread from heaven. It's described as in Exodus as like coriander seed, white and tastes like wafers made with honey. And they were literally fed by God. Their praise continues to recognise God's spiritual and physical sustenance. The laws and the regulations sustain them in the wilderness and were a means of deliverance from the wicked world. God taught them how to live in the midst of the wicked world. But the praise also involved recognising that the food they ate, the manna that was given to them, came from heaven and the water from a rock. God was concerned not only with their spiritual needs, but their physical as well. He fed them and put laws around them to spiritually protect them too. And these people here are praising God for that. Do you praise God for what he gives you? When you get paid each month, do you go, thank you, Jesus, for that? I honour you, I give this to you. When you sit down for food, do you thank God for it? Do you praise him for it? I live with a person that if he's going to say grace, probably will go on for about five to ten minutes in my opinion. And by the time food's in front of me, I'm like, it's time to eat. I am hungry. I don't like him to say grace and I will go, thank you Jesus for this food, amen. But I live with a, a long thankful praise. But he's right. We should be praising that way. When we get up in the morning, we should say, thank you, Jesus. I praise you. I give you my day. I give you my all. We've seen uh, little children running around. I thank you, Jesus, for them and their praise and their joy. And I praise you for them and the gift of joy that they bring. Our every day, are we praising God just for getting in our cars, for the people he's put around us? But are we praising his God for the way that he spiritually feeds us too? Are you thanking God for his word, for the, the words and pictures he might give you and through the people to you? Do you always praise God for the miracles he might have done as well, for his word that guides you? Are you praising God for your spiritual and your physical needs? True praise also recognises forgiveness. Nehemiah, 22, Nehemiah 9 verse 22 says... But they were disobedient and rebelled against you. They put your law behind their backs. They killed your prophets who had admonished them in order to turn them back to you. They committed awful blasphemies. So you handed them over to their enemies who oppressed them. But when they were oppressed, they cried out to you. From heaven you heard them and in your great compassion you gave them deliveries. You rescued them from the hand of their enemies. In your spirit... 
It says a little bit later as well. By your spirit, you admonished them from your prophets, yet they paid no attention. So you handed them over to the neighboring peoples. But in your great mercy, you did not put an end to them or abandon them. For you are gracious and merciful. And that's just a couple of the things mentioned. It says, but they were disobedient and rebelled against you. It says how they, even when they cast for themselves, they cast an image for themselves, an image of a calf and said, this is your God who brought you out of Egypt. And And when they committed awful blasphemies, they rebelled against you. It says in verse 35, even while they're in the kingdom enjoying your great goodness to them in the spacious and fertile land you gave them, they did not serve you or turn from their evil ways. These people kept getting it wrong. And we also know, because we have the whole Bible, they didn't stop turning from God either. And we don't stop turning from God either, do we? But every time God rescued them and he forgave them. I want you to really hear that. I don't know what's going on in anybody's life here. Well, some of you kind of do. Um, It helps being married to one of them. But I don't know what's going on. Whatever you have done, you can be forgiven for it. You invite God in and you say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done wrong. Please forgive me. And he will forgive you. We have the knowledge as well that Jesus died for our sins so that we could spend eternity in heaven. We just need to turn to him. And lastly... True praise ends with personal sanctification. It makes us become more like God. And I think that's really worth pursuing. The Israelites saw the evil in their lives and began to separate themselves from evil as they prepared to praise God and obey his word. Nehemiah's followers were led to discover God's reliable and eternal covenant with Abraham. And they learn the lessons of God's redemptive history. They made a commitment to his word. It was this commitment to God through obedience to his word that validated their praise. There can be no real praise of God without our committing our lives to God. Have you committed your life to God? And I mean really, really committed your life to God. Not just one day a week, Sunday in a few hours. I mean committed your whole life to God. The decisions you make about what you buy to eat, the friends that you have, the way you speak to your family, the job you do, the way you conduct yourself with your friends, your family, your work colleagues... Have you really committed your life to God so it impacts your whole life? Praise takes place not by coming to God with a full knowledge of him, but rather with a willingness to know and embrace him as we discover his joy in our saving lives.
It is then that we discover the joy of God as our strength. And these people saw that. They realized that. They still mess stuff afterwards. <laughs> and that's what I laugh at. That's why at the beginning of all of this and this afternoon, I got really bothered by what I was going to say because despite everything, despite the fact that I try my best to be like God, I try my best to always forgive people, to praise God every moment, to give my everything that I have, to thank him for everything, I still mess up. I still speak badly um, to people sometimes when I'm stressed or frustrated. I still get things wrong and you probably get things wrong too. But God forgives you. So I come full circle and I ask you, are you praising God? Is praising God affecting your life? Do you praise God for his power and authority? Do you praise God for the plans that he has for you and led you to where you are? Do you praise God for sustaining you? Do you praise God for forgiving you? Do you praise God for making you clean, for making you for who you are? Maybe you need to thank God right now for all these things, or just for one. But we're just going to wait. We're just going to see what God has to say to you now. So let's just wait on God.